Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome to another Tell Me Something Good. Uh, I'm Josh Wolf. Um, let me think what we're going on today. Today, super excited to have my cousin Scott on. Uh, you know, a lot of you, I don't know. I, I don't know how old is everybody is who's watching this, but, um, or listening. Um, but Scott's been, what's going on, Amanda? Uh, you may have seen him from party of five, which is probably, I, I mean, I'll ask him, but I'm assuming that's what most people talk to him about. Um, but, uh, He's coming on in just a little bit. Um, so many things to talk to him about. You know, um, we took maybe my funnest vacation ever. I took a vacation with him. That might be my funniest, my funnest vacation ever. And uh, just a lot of things to talk to him about growing up, things like that. I can't wait for you to uh, listen to him. Scott's one of the funniest people. He's just never had the opportunity to show it on screen, but do, easily one of the funniest people. I've ever met in my life. And I can't wait for you guys to uh, get a chance to talk to him. Um, and um, thanks guys. I appreciate all the comments. I appreciate it all uh, very much. Um, and so I'm excited for you guys to get to know him a little bit. Um, in the meantime, uh, let me just say real quick, uh, comedianjoshwolf.com for tour dates. If you're in Nashville this weekend, the 16th and 17th, I'm, I'm doing um, the Josh Wolf Bonanza extravaganza over there which is just a crazy show. Tickets sell out. I think they already have, but you can go ahead and give it a run. Um, and the week after that, I will be in North Carolina and South Carolina. You got to go comedianjoshwolf.com for tour dates. I'm in a different city every night, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, just doing a couple of theaters over there. Charlotte, Charleston, a couple of Asheville and one other place. But I can't wait uh, to get out there and, and do a little more stand-up. And then I'm, I'm psyched to announce that I will be recording my first music album uh, in June at Zany's. So if you're in the Nashville area, I would love for you to come down and I will run it one time in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, before that, will I ever come to Australia? Absolutely. I've been to Australia uh, to do stand up before. Loved it. We just get away for everybody to let us travel and we're going to, same with Canada. Um, you know, I'll be everywhere. But comedianjoshwolf.com for tour dates. I got a bunch of stuff up there right now um, and ready to go. I'm going to be in, in Indianapolis also coming up here in May. I'll be in Tampa in May. I'm just psyched to go. Yeah, Kevin, this was a good one, man. I like the Mary Catherine. Yeah. And that's another thing I want to talk to him about. You know, hosting SNL for me, um, uh, hosting SNL for me would be just like, amazing amazing come on man amazing um that would be so I, although i will tell you i think sketch comedy would probably be my i'm not sure how good i am at it i like to write it i'm not sure how good i am at it doing it but i've never done one. Oh no i did a couple on chelsea lately i will tell you though on that show I was never going to be on a fucking sketch. It just was never like in order for me to be on a sketch on that show, they just needed one extra person. <laughs> yeah. If you go, if you ever went back, well, they don't, they scrub the internet of that show. So it's hard to go back and see any of it. It's crazy. They did scrub the internet of it. Um, this is my studio. Um, 
you know, people ask if this is a new studio. It is not a new studio. Um, the I just can't do high live in here because I don't want to smoke in my office. And sometimes I just get lazy and I'll leave the shit out where the high live stuff is. Uh, but all good here. Um, but yeah, you know, um, I never, I never, they never kept me any sketches on that show. It just wasn't, it wasn't a thing. You know, there were a lot of things. I remember sitting in that writer's room a bunch. I would just was not, I was not the right person for that show. She hired me, I think, cause she, we were friends and, and uh, being on the show, I was fine. But in the writer's room, I think I was pretty close to useless. This is not an Elvis painting, guys. This is wallpaper. Not wallpaper. It's like it's like a giant sticker is all I can tell you. If you're listening and not watching, that's what it is. This is like a giant sticker mural. Somebody literally came and stuck it to the wall. It's pretty cool. Um, but uh, this is not a wiggle tiggle pickle hat. This is a Portland pickles hat. Yeah, but but I... What was I talking about? I don't remember what I was talking about. But that's all right. But, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't the right person. She hired me, I think, because she liked me. But in that writer's room, man, I would offer up suggestions. And sometimes, you know, Rose writer's rooms are rough. But sometimes, you know, people would just pretend like I didn't say anything. <laughs> it just wasn't, I wasn't... Uh, I wasn't the voice for that show, you know, but she was super nice to keep me on there. Um, super, super, super nice. Now SNL, I would love to do it. I would love to do it, but I just don't think I always wanted to write on that show. Not anymore. Um, it just seems like a fucking shit ton of work, but, um, check your, my wife and I had a great conversation. What says my wife and I had a great conversation. One name in your penis and as a human name. And is that name based on your, personality i don't think your dick should have a human name but i would like to know what name you guys came up with but i don't i'm not a person i did laugh my right ass off in the writer's rooms i'm not a person who thinks dogs should have a name like greg either dave the dog you know I, I, that's not a good, good afternoon and good evening from the UK, Rebecca. How are you? Yeah. Jerry, you know what I mean? If you take out your dick and you're like, Hey, look at Matt. And you're like, what? Your dick's name is Matt. You know? So that, that's not, I don't. Yeah. I, you can't, I, you already have a human name. So you got to give your name. I think your dick's name has to be like the person, like its personality. Yeah, Brad can't be Robert. It can't be a dick. It can't do it. You know? You know what? I, I got a couple minutes before Scott comes on. So, well, actually, you heard somebody call their dick Brad? Yeah, you, I don't think you can do that. Yeah, I've been called a dick too, Matt. But yeah, I, I, look, I think the nickname for the dick has to be something like the crusher. Or, you know, something like that. You're not giving your dick a name unless it's like nobody's naming their dick like, like tiny or, or, you know, pookie. You know, it's if you're giving your dick a name, it ha has a meaning, I think. You know, the crippler, um, 
Yeah, well, things like that. Beef hammer. See, now beef hammer doesn't seem like Devin something you. It seems like a nickname for a dick, not your dick. Do you take out your pants and be be like, "Hey, here comes the beef hammer," you know? I don't have a penis, but I do have a vagina, or should I say a hoo ha? Yeah, the cannon. Well, let's see if we can run some of these down. Superhero names or rapper names? I like that idea, Travis. Bruce Banner is not a terrible name because obviously when he gets mad, he gets bigger. Fluffy, the cannon. Dave goes with the cannon. Now, I know I'm not a teacher, but cannon has two ends. Cannon. Canon. I guess one end would be a canon. Hold on. Somebody help me out. Canon, canon. Uh, all right, let's see what else we got. You would call your yeah, day flappy stick. Cindy, I'm telling you right now, if, if we were messing around and you called my dick a flappy stick, we would not be messing around anymore. That's like I had a friend of mine who was like, yeah, this girl, we were in bed together and she said, hey, nice wiener. And I was like, wiener? You can't say wiener in bed. Wiener? Good God, that sounds absolute. That sounds like deflating. Because if you're like, hey, your wiener's cute. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't say, you can't tell somebody they got a cute wiener. Not in bed, I don't think. I think that's a big pass. Hulk, all right. Sir Bang a lot, all right. I like, Rebecca says she strangely gives genitals accents. You imagine that your vagina has a French accent. Mr. Hardigan. Sean, I don't hate this name. I do not hate Mr. Hardigan. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I, I, It's Mr. Hardigan because Mr. Hardigan sounds like a sophisticated gentleman until you break down that last name. Uh, hey, Ray Ray, four days of snow. High Live crew still coming through. Love it. Pocket rocket, flashlight, yogurt rifle. See, now these are nicknames for dicks in general. I mean, a personal nickname, right? The name, yogurt rifle, totally super funny. I don't think I've heard that one. The Raptor, clever girl. Um, this is what I'm saying. Like, you, you, if you're going to be, who says we, I know. Well, no. You can't be calling someone's wiener. J Flappy Stick was one of Jiggle Wiggle's competitions. Oh, maybe. Mr. Tiny, Tripod Dot, Stretch Dong Strong, Mr. Hardhead. Yeah, guys. My vagina is named Trent. Whoa, Tabitha. That is hilarious. Say hello to Trent. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. Trent, you gave your vagina a man, like a real name for a human man. Jimmy. Now, I, Jimmy, you could name your dick Jimmy, I think. But like, um, or because you could call him Big Jim. I used to say Big Jim in the trims. Big Big Jim in the twins. You know what I mean? That was always fun. Uh, Big Jim in the gymettes. Uh, all meat, no potatoes. All potatoes, no meat. Meat and potatoes. You know, I'm 47. What'd you say? Yeah. Mr. Play the third leg. All right. 
All right. I like it. Kong Slong. I don't know about that one, man. What about a dildo named Pedro? What about it? Is there something you want to share with the class? I think naming the dildos is super funny. I really love that because I think the dildo can have a human name. And I think Pablo was a great name for a dildo. But I think dildos can have human names um, and have it not be weird. This is without a doubt the weirdest way I've ever started any podcast or stream. We really just... Selena nicknamed her JJ the pole eater. I mean, I, I love it because that's confidence. And you're telling, you're, you're just letting everybody know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Uh, what we are naming. Yeah. So anyways, guys, I appreciate you throwing out your vagina and penis nicknames. That was very nice. Jalapeno on a stick. Always good. Um, like I said, my upcoming in, uh, joining us in a couple of seconds is my cousin, Scott Wolf. Uh, pretty sad. You should. Oh, you shouldn't feel bad, Curtis. What's your dildos net? Let's hear it. Um, pretty excited about having Scott on the show. Uh, you guys are in for some great stories, man. This dude is super funny. Uh, plus, if you have any questions, you know, this dude's been working in Hollywood uh, and not in Hollywood. He moved out of Hollywood a while back. He moved his family. Um, well, he probably doesn't want me to tell you where he lives, but... Um, he hasn't lived in Hollywood in a while, but he's worked on TV shows since 19, probably 94. I lived with him in LA the first day. I can't wait for us to talk about this. Um, so when we lived together in LA, our beds were like this, right? We were in the same room and our beds were like this. And um, so for those of you listening, I'm making like an L, I guess. And, and so, but actually it was more like this. So his head was here and my feet were here. And I used to, <laughs> I used to fart and just raise the covers and go <laughs> right in this fuck. I was always, as soon as we set up the room, I'm like, this is how we're doing it. You're head to feet. Okay. Let's see how this goes. You know? Um, but that dude was successful. As soon as he got to California, he just started, um, booking just a handsome with those dimples and i mean and and the personality and i mean that dude really checks every box party of five is right he checks every fucking box and i can't wait for you guys to meet him now i'm excited to uh get into a couple things with you guys before we do i hadn't ex i hadn't expected the penis and vagina talk to get to the level it did to the fervor but I really do appreciate everybody on this stream because as soon as we jump into whatever, you're like, dicks, got it. Vagina, I'm in it. Fart tsunami. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we are cousins. We are cousins. Yeah, there. this is what I want to talk to you guys about. There is a woman who in, in um, England, and I'm going to do a video about this later today, but there's a woman in England who I think is in England She's make she makes. Did we talk about this? The four thousand dollars a month for farting. We talked about that, right? I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how, how that works. Like she makes videos of herself, and I watched some of the videos. Oh, you don't think I watched some of the videos? Yeah, this will be up later to listen to. It'll be on. It'll be on this page. It'll stay on this page if you want to watch it, and if you want to listen to it, it'll be on Spotify and iTunes. So we did talk about it, right? Okay. Yeah. 
So I watched some of the videos and I think I can do it. I think I can do it. I think I can do it without showing my face because here's, here's, oh, I posted it and didn't talk about it. Here's what I think I'm going to do because she just shows her face and this, I do, I do, <laughs> I do kind of like, okay. So she'll look right at the camera, right? And you'll just hear or, or whatever. And she just looks at the camera, kind of shrugs and goes, <laughs> and I'm like, that's it. That's it. And so I think I go the other way. I don't show my face because I think that'll be bad for my career, but I just might show it'll just might be a stream of just showing the fart come out of the asshole. The, you know, did you guys see, I'm sure you guys have watched cake farts. My favorite part about cake farts is when they just zoom in on the butthole and there's some, <laughs> there's some frosting on there and she farts in the, and <laughs> and the fucking butthole opens up a little bit and the frosting goes, it is so fucking funny. Good Lord. I'll come to Australia whenever they book me. Uh, did I pay to watch? There's there was some online. Cake farts is the funniest. They took it down, but to me, cake farts is still far and away the champion. It's the it's the absolute of all those videos, the champion. And I have watched cake farts more more than Star Wars, and I laugh every fucking time. Like I remember thinking because I saw the original Star Wars. I don't know how many times, but it was a fucking lot. Oh, Katrina, you've never seen Cake Farts? Good Lord. Good Lord. It is, it, and, and look, it's not for everybody. And I don't know, I think they took it down. A gender reveal fart. I'm not, I'm out on gender reveals altogether. Nobody gives a fuck what gender your baby's going to be. Not one dick, not, nobody cares. But I'll watch Cake Farts. I didn't like pudding farts. I didn't like mate low farts. I didn't like any. It's just too many, you know, just stick to the, just stick to the original. You know what I mean? Oh, Brendan has over 500 hours of watching cake farts. Well, you listen, you and I might be right. One-on-one. -on -one. I want to tell you something. Nathan asked, did I, do I still hate rogue one? Look guys, I don't know if you guys know this. Um, yeah. Tammy does some, fart reveals. I don't know if you guys know this. I didn't like Rogue One star, the star Wars because I didn't understand it. It came out after what? Seven. So I was expecting it to be eight, but it was two and a half or some shit like that. So it fucking confused me. And I honestly was like, I didn't know what was going on until the last scene where that hologram of princess Leia came up. I'm like, Oh, because I was like, this girl has, she looks different. She has a different accent. Did they replace? I had no idea. I'm like, what happened to her accent? How come she looks so different? She hasn't aged really differently. Do you know what I mean? So I didn't fucking, I, when I, when, when I, when I know there's a movie coming out that I want to see, I actively avoid commercials. I don't want to know any of it. I don't want to know any of it. By the way, Travis, 
You see this? Fart plus fire. I want to tell everybody there is a video coming pretty soon that we're shooting that I think you're going to like. Uh, I, Dave, I mean, as usual, you're wrong. I mean, it's not, it's nothing new for everybody on the stream. You're a hundred percent incorrect. Solo. Listen, you fucks. Nobody's going to be Harrison Ford. Nobody. He, that role, it was made for him. Nobody's, but that guy, he was just up against too many comparisons, but I go into these movies. Like if I had gone into rogue one, knowing what it was, I'd have been fine with it. I am the easiest audience in the world. And I'm going to tell you why ready for this. I'm going to tell you why, because we're all so critical. Just do you know what goes into making a fucking movie? It has to be so bad. Now, granted, I'm not going to see movies that I know are going to bore the fuck out of me. But if you go to Iron Man and you're like, I hated the story. Why did you go to Iron Man? It's just, look, it is just, it's, the story is just like, if it's there, great. But I'm at Iron Man to watch superhero shit and people blow up and fights and CGI stuff. Do you know what I mean? So, and same with Star Wars. Like, as long as I'm following along, I don't, the story, yeah, but I'm here for the fucking pew, 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 you know? So I'm pretty easy. It's hard. It's really hard for me to be disappointed. And the only reason I was disappointed in Rogue One is because I thought it was seven or eight, and it was two and a half. Sean, and by the way, Sean, I will no longer, I got your note. Uh... I am going to do a video that is going to be very interesting. It's entertainment. This is what I'm saying. It's entertainment. It's entertainment, guys. So, like, I think too many of us go into TV shows, music, comedy. Yeah, and Selena, look, superheroes are so boring. And my wife feels the same way. So don't, you know what I mean? She doesn't go. That's it. I kind of know the movies that I'm going to like and I'll sit through them. Um, but, uh, coffee farts are dangerous. I saw somebody, I've said this before, but I saw somebody smoking a cigarette and drinking a coffee at the same time. And I was like, if you smoke a cigarette and drink coffee at the same time, you basically want to shit right now, right now. Now, this is a great example, Chris. I am going to assume that the story in Godzilla versus Kong is fucking do, do, stew. But I am not looking for a great story from Godzilla versus Kong. If you're going and you're watching Godzilla versus Kong, you're like, I didn't, I didn't like the story. Yeah, but what about the 300 foot gorilla? The, the real reason. What about the lizard that shoots fire out of its fucking mouth? Isn't that why we're here i have heard people been like i didn't like that movie the story was terrible the story about the giant gorilla and the giant lizard that shoots fucking fire out of its mouth you didn't like that story all right there's only so many times guys like that original kong story is super cool when you can combine the fucking visuals with the story who ray you know what i'm saying who fucking ray but you don't got to I'm here for the giant gorilla. And if you throw some story in there, cool. And if not, also cool. 
Let's just have some more giant gorilla fighting. Do you know what I mean? That's it. Now, if I'm going to see fucking in the bedroom or whatever the whatever it is, Tabitha, I love this. Y'all got me laughing so hard I farted. I love that. The fight is awesome. Yeah, that's what we're there for, Robert. We're there for the fight, man. We're not there because, you know what? I need to hear some more Godzilla backstory. Fuck you. Yeah, the lore was great. Man, I love the history of uh, Kong. And some of those Kong movies are super good. I like, I like, I'll watch all of them. Yo, you got a dragon in your movie? I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch it. I like that shit. You got a giant gorilla? I'm going to watch it. I see you, Darth Vader. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, look, Tina. Hey, guess what? Me too. You know what I'm saying? Meow. Uh, yeah, the, look, there are some stories that need movies that need the story. You know, this the, the movie that's out right now with Francis McDormand, which is really good. Really, really good. But it has to have story. There's nothing. You know what I mean? It has to have story because there isn't the thing that's keeping you entertained visually, you know, but would you watch someone burp the alphabet twice in one burp? No, I would not. Uh, yeah, I would actually. I mean, I've seen it before, so I don't know if I need to see it again, but I probably wouldn't not watch it. It's not like I would be like, all right, you know, Kate, you sent me my, your Wookiee call where? That's not it. Look at me. Uh, I know what. So, yeah, guys. Predator, this is another one. This is another one. Look, if I'm going to see Predator versus Alien, I realize just by the cast, they didn't put a lot into the story of this. And a lot of movies, horror movies, you know, uh, 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 Saw, they're all basically... Um, it's also basically the same structure. You're going to see the same movie. When you go see a horror movie or one of those saw or final destination, you're just going to see what, how, what are the new ways that people are dying now? That's it. Yeah. It, it, it was not a Wookiee guys. You should not be surprised that I can't do that. I can't do voices. What is it? How do you do it? Yeah, I'll watch Fast and the Furious. I'll watch Avengers. I, I will watch just about everything. Oh, Lord. I just want to tell you what just happened. Our guest is here, everybody. I'm going to bring him on in just a second. It was so nice talking to you. I can't wait to talk to him about, because uh, we've just been talking about how people, and I'll bring him on and tell him about this. But like, uh, so guys, coming on right now, my cousin, um, I don't, but uh, I don't even know what to say about this guy. I say this to people who ask me about him all the time. Top five funny people I've ever met in my life. I mean, and but never get only gets to cry. Doesn't get to do funny stuff. Great crier too. Great crier, but also like it. Um, just a good like a just a good guy. Good father fair husband no good father good <laughs> good good father good husband good brother great you know good son like just a good dude man and and um so i'm really excited for everybody uh to get to know scott a little better uh what's going on man 
Yashi Wolf. How you doing, dude? Good, brother. How are you? I got to tell you. So first of all, I said this to somebody yesterday or two days ago. They called me Joshy. And I'm like, you know, you're the, there's two people in my life that call me Joshy. That's funny. And you've really? always been one of them. I don't know if I noticed that nobody else in the family calls you that. Gary, maybe a little. No, no. Uh, maybe sometimes. Yeah. Do, now, do you know th- what I was just telling them about before you came on yeah. is that when we lived together and you put your feet, your head near the feet of my bed, and I used to fart and waft it into your yeah. You and you have, I mean, I, I think I've mentioned this in public before, but you, I don't know if you still do, but at the time you had like medical journal gas. Yeah, this I still do. These are not farts like most conventional people's understanding of a fart. You're like, oh, oh, did you? No, this is like, ah, my life. And you would, you would hotbox me and I would feel it. I'd feel the quilt poop kick in the air and boom, come down. And it was like, you know, my favorite, I, and I still remember, like there were times where you were just too tired to fight it. Yeah. And uh, I, one of my favorite was you just mumbled under your breath. Come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think you knew you had a you had a good good instinct, a good sense of when I was at my most vulnerable and when to hit me with one of those. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. always you know, the, the, I've always been able to uh, place them in the right times. Yeah, I missed I missed parts of of uh, when we lived together. I mean, we had a blast for that first whatever it was, almost a year, I guess, in, yeah. in LA. Uh, I didn't miss that. I didn't miss. Yeah. Uh, I Did, didn't miss the hot box. Do you miss Scott at all? Like, you know, I was talking to a couple of comics the other day about, you know, when you first start kind of that, that feeling of like hope and excitement and that you didn't have anything, but you didn't really care because you were so excited about the process. Do you miss that at all? I gotta be honest with you, Joshy. I, uh, there it is again. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of still have it. It's weird. I don't have it the same way. It's different, right? It's not this kind of wide-eyed i have everything to learn i don't know a thing but i'm here for it it's it's more informed by years of experience and stuff but i was saying this so the other day like like when i walk onto stage you know when i go on to 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 shoot this any show that i'm working on or a movie or whatever and the door makes this like like this a lot of these sound stage doors right that sounded like my fart too by the way yeah exactly This one doesn't smell so bad, um, but I still get this giddy sense of like, oh yeah, I get to do this. Uh, this is I, I just that that same sense of of uh, I don't know enthusiasm about it. And I'm starting now to move into. I'm hoping to be moving into doing a little bit of directing work. Yeah, and um, and that actually actually is kind of reactivating that that same old sense that I. So yeah, I guess in fairness. There is something that uh, you can never kind of get back, which yeah. is that 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 innocence and that sort of that just sort of curiosity that feels like the whole world is in front of you and you have everything yeah. to learn and that sense of discovery and and um, so that you don't get back. But I still feel this kind of that look. The thing that I loved about acting from day one or performance or any of this stuff is that I felt like I could learn how to do it for the rest of my life. Right. There was no end point. There wasn't, you know, 
I got bored easy with stuff. I didn't feel like I was going to hit a point where I was like, all right, got that. What else is good? What else can I do? I still walk onto a soundstage and I'm like, how, how do I do this scene? Like, what do I do now? You know, what's crazy, Scott, is I, I probably up until two years ago, yeah. before I walked on stage, I would say to myself, walking onto that stage, tonight is the night they find out I'm not that funny. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I would be like, oh, this fucking gig is up tonight, dude. Yeah. Like, they're going to find out tonight that your shit is not that funny. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, 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 I don't know if I felt like I needed it, but it was something that kind of fueled me to go out there. But the one thing I think that I used to, I used to call that the, in my own version, I mean, we're all from Boston originally, but then I grew up mostly in New Jersey. Right. I used to call that the kid from New Jersey syndrome. Which was like, I always, I always felt like I was backstage without a pass. And yeah. I was yes. One yes. day away from the person being like, uh, yeah. <laughs> "Hey, who's who brought him?" Yeah. <laughs> me? Are you talking about me? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. It's really interesting. You know, I think that one of the reason that I do stand up the way I do it, or the reason that I stream things live, is because it, it, it keeps that feeling that unknown the tightrope feeling yeah you're not again get a chance to do this again so here yeah, we are liar. yeah it's yeah. funny because i think i sent you a text i don't even know if you saw it i was like are we doing this live yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. later because yeah. i was like i don't want to be canceled <laughs> and we have we have you know what they used to call back in the in the neighborhood uh a dark sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. There are things that are on the Wolf family text thread. Oof. No, it's a, it's a, <laughs> we should just call it like the cancellation thread. because It's, it's exactly what it is. But yeah. have you ever been in a writer's room for a TV show? I uh, No, no, no. Because that is like the canceliest place. You, right. There's nothing off limits. It's it's not really, what it has to be right. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to have that freedom to like to, to find you wherever. walk the edge, and you don't mm -hmm. find the edge without kind of going over it. it. Sometimes, do you do you ever? Because I I mean, look, man, I've told you this a thousand times. You're a fucking funny guy. Did you ever feel like, man, I'm I want to try stand up one time? Uh, yeah, I've thought about it a lot. I have. I uh, the the um because you your brother did. You remember when Gary did? Yeah, Gary. Yeah, yeah, Gary. I, do I remember that? Did was I? I don't know if I was. I there for that. Yeah, dude, he did it at the three of clubs down on um, Vine and Santa. Like, what was that? Vine and Santa Monica three clubs. Something that, but he was because he came to Seattle one time and did it with me. Yeah, and it went pretty well. Yeah, and then he I remember came, that. Yeah, yeah, he came down and did it in L.A. for a couple times. But L.A. crowds are a little more finicky. <laughs> Yeah, I watched you. I watched you in the in the in the old old days. Get, oh, dude, get you were there. Were you there with me the night that dude came in with the ski mask? Yes. And he just like stood up for a while and was just like and he and he robbed the liquor store down the street and he had stopped into the comedy store afterwards with a bag full of cash and his ski mask still on. Yeah, yeah, and definitely firearms somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. one of the comics was insulting him, and he said, "He said something like, if you talk to me one more time, motherfucker.'" <laughs> and everyone was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, 
Didn't they? Didn't they clear the place? Was that? Then I thought that was the night they were yeah. like, "Thank you for coming, everybody." <laughs> yeah, they emptied it out because the cops were outside waiting for that dude. Yeah, well, it's funny because I I had a buddy in uh, I had a buddy in college who was like, you know, seen as like the one of the funniest guys in our friend group, and he was like, "I can do stand up." I could just stand up like, you know, he was that guy who everyone said was so funny that he just thought like he could walk through it. Yeah. We literally sat in this apartment in Washington, D.C. And like we sat with him while he wrote like a set, you know, and he went up at this club Archibald's in D.C. Uh-huh. And it did not go good. It, it, <laughs> it was so painful to watch we it's funny because i had a motorcycle at the time and the three of us me and this other kid rich and this guy rob rode down on motorcycles and parked and got in there and the show was happening and uh you know it was a club where tommy davidson like made his name there so he was like a god in this place yeah tommy davidson went on before rob and just slayed this place dude. people were like wetting their pants Seriously, like people were just drooling, crying, and the and the MC gets up there. He's like, and the place is going crazy. But every, they should have just closed the club right there. Yeah. But then the guy's like, "All right, all right." He's like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And I'm coming up to the stage now. I don't know who this guy is, Rob Ford. <laughs> like, oh, no, 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 no. Make it stop! Make it stop! And our buddy Rob got up there, uh, and he just started to crash and burn, bro. Yeah, and, uh, and that was his like, first time, Scott. Yeah, first stand up ever. Oh, and he pulled, like no. jokes, and the place started to like get feeling like it was going to get violent, and. My buddy Rich and I just kind of looked at each other and put our helmets on like this at the table. <laughs> we were like, just in case some drinks start flying. Protection. But I've seen what happens when like a funny person, yeah, they can get on stage and make people laugh who have paid, you know, a little two drink cover to be there. Yeah, different game. I will tell you, you know, who goes on before you those first couple times is important. Did you did you back in those days in the comedy stores days you you there were some heavyweights coming through there working things out. I mean, when we were there it was the early 90s, right? Yeah. Yeah, there were some there was some uh you know, I remember was it that time when Atel Atel came out and kind of fucked around one night and he told, you know, he was telling a style of joke that I was not used to here. It was a New York kind of style. Right. And um I remember him saying and I'm going to butcher this joke, but I think he said something like, Hey, if you ever see a guy, a grown man running naked down the street, turn and run with him. Cause something really bad is behind him. <laughs> yeah. 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 But that was when Paulie used to come on as the weasel. You remember he used to come on as the weasel, Yeah, man, you know that. Um, and for those of you guys, so Scott and I moved, this was pre internet. So when we moved to LA, uh, our friend Neil had was like, I found us an apartment in downtown. And we thought, that's where you're supposed to be. Yeah, every city I've ever been, you want to be downtown. Guess what? <laughs> Don't want to be downtown LA. <laughs> <laughs> 1990, you know. No. And no. we were right next to Chinatown. Yeah. And I had that fucking moped. Remember? Dude, Dude, you, you remember would come home after a day out on that moped? Like, you got delivery jobs and shit, and you would come home. And you were just like 
completely soot, soot covered. Yep. Yep. Your face was just gray. You remember I used to, I would wipe my lips and it would just be black. I would wipe black off of my lips. Do you remember I also used to work at those children's parties and I had to go dressed as yeah. my characters. So I would put my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle outfit on and get on my fucking <laughs> Listen, dude, because um, some people are asking in the chat and I want to I wanna make sure I get some of that. Yeah. Um, so what year did Party of Five start? Uh, 94. Was that the audition that you almost didn't go to because you had been maybe hung over or you were coming back? Or is that Double Dragon? Uh, that was, oh no, that was, a, that was, a, well, I was coming back from Vegas. One coming time. back from Vegas. And you yeah, didn't no. even want to do the audition, right? Or something like that. It was like an early, that was the first pilot I ever did. And it was for a show that didn't get, wind up getting picked up. But um, yeah, I was visiting Michael, uh, my brother, your other cousin was in Vegas for like a work thing. And I had gotten hammered one night and woke up and, and this, you know, my agent at the time who was like, <laughs> Basically, like, a, I think he was just laundering money for, like, <laughs> some oligarch. His name was Victor Kruglov. And he's What's that last name? Whacked. I'm going to get whacked for saying Yeah, this. you are, for right sure. Now. See, this is worse than canceled. Forget about getting canceled. I'm going to get, like, my knees broken. Oh, His name oh. was Victor Kruglov, and he was, like, the word on the street back in, back when I first hit town was that he would represent un, un, uh, non-union people. So I went and saw this guy. He was, like, working in the back his office was like behind the kitchen of like some Thai restaurant on Hollywood Boulevard. I was like, I've made it. And uh, <laughs> so Victor calls me in Vegas. He's like, I have auditioned for you. <laughs> but so I came back and I wound up getting that thing somehow. I, 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 you know what it was? They were like two days before shooting. They needed to cast the younger version for flashbacks of the star of the show. The star right. of the show had been uh, uh, cast already. I happened to look exactly like this dude. And they were like, shit, we got to cast this kid. And he can't act his way out of a wet paper bag. They were so frustrated. But um, I went, by the time I got on the thing, I managed to like show up okay. But um, no, Party of Five was – funny enough, Party of Five came at a, diff, a whole different moment, which was when like, you know, there's all these like fits and starts – in that creative process early on where I, at least for me, where you kind of feel like you're being taught things and you're trying to sort of get up to speed. And then all of a sudden it's like, something just, it like settles in you and you're like, Ooh, okay. I get it. I get, I, I understand what this work is asking of me now. And then a whole new wave of shit hits you and you're like, all right, well, how do I figure, how do I fold that in? And I had one of these big leveling moments right before I got that script in my hands where I was like, Oh, I think I, I think I have a sense of of myself in this work in a very in a very uh, in a way that felt whole that I didn't feel that that I didn't feel outside of it that I was still trying to sort of reach it it had kind of landed in me in a way and then I got this script and I was like oh this is asking a lot and I feel like I'm ready for it and so you know that's all you can hope for is like when when those opportunities because you know opportunities are are fleeting and few and far between and you just got to make good on the on the on the ones that uh when they arrive you hope you're prepared for the opportunity when it arrives that's the whole thing right but one thing i always knew about you dude and and definitely respected but is that i always knew you were going to be ready like that was not something you were not a dude who was going to get an opportunity and be like i'm going to give this 10% no that was no, no, no. And my goal, my goal was to, um, 
to be, to, you know, to be ready to do, to do all the things. There's so many things pursuing this, this work that are out of your control yep. that if you're not doing everything you can with the stuff that's in your control, you're blowing it. And so I knew I would do all those things. I appreciate you saying the same, but then, then, you know, you do have to have some good luck. You know, the, the, I saw people get opportunities that just hit them a little bit before they were ready. Yep. Um, I saw people Dude. get opportunities. Yeah. 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 Both of those TV deals that I got, I just wasn't ready for them. And I remember yeah. blaming the networks, but when I look back at it now, knowing what I know, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't giving them enough material to make a good show. I, mm. I didn't have the, my well was not deep enough. Yeah, bro. right. I wasn't Roseanne or Seinfeld or Paul Reiser at the time who had been doing it for so many years. Right. They were asking me to paint a world that I hadn't fully filled in yet. Yeah. Do and you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the thing. And that was that had nothing to do with your desire or your, your work ethic, because I know what your desire and your work ethic is. I've seen you. So it's it's the right opportunity hitting you at the right time. And that now we're talking about, you know, threading really difficult needles to thread sometimes. And and that was the biggest thing was like, you know, if you had asked me when I hit town, like when we were, you know, when you were, you know, blowing farts at my face with your quilt, I would have said, you know, within the next like couple of months, I'm going to, I'm going to land on the thing that makes a difference for me. Yep. Thank God I didn't because I wasn't ready. No, I would have shit the bed with something that hit me at that point. And then it would have cost me because when you don't, when you're not able to rise to the occasion, you know, people are hesitant to give you another occasion. And so, you know, I, I, I was very grateful that everything that showed up, whether it was a commercial, a, a little role in a, you know, two lines in a TV show, some karate movie, which evening you know, shade, you get to work with Burt Reynolds. Yes. All of those things arrived. Yep. Like when, you know, I had this happenstance encounter with Burt Reynolds where a buddy of mine introduced us and he, had this idea to put me on this show, you know, if that had happened in week three, what, you know, back in our, uh, when I was living with you in the apartment, I'd have just shit my pants in that meeting with him. I wouldn't have known how to handle myself, handle the pressure of that. I didn't have enough stuff laying underneath. I hadn't built enough foundation that that would have gone the way it did. But by the time I was with him, it, yeah. it was kind of both, by the way, you know, there was like, you know, I think what happens in this work and you can attest to this, you know, being, being doing all the stand up you've done in acting, you know, oftentimes there's these like psychic splits that happen yeah. to you in a moment, right? Yeah. Usually when something goes wrong and then half of you is on two wheels like, oh, how do we, okay, this is, I'm dying here. Like, this is terrible. This is the worst thing I've ever been a part of and I got to save it. And the other part of you is still saying dialogue yeah. and like in the thing. Like it's you're not. still delivering jokes in the part, the back guys back here, like we're dying. We're dying. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you sometimes on stage Saturday night, late show. Yeah. Mid set. My brain will be like, I'm telling a story. But my brain will be like, what time is the flight tomorrow? Yeah. 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 yeah so I yeah, gotta, so I gotta be out of here by midnight and I'm still telling my joke, but in the back of my head, yeah. I'm planning what time I got to catch my Uber. Yeah. Doing administration. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, with the, in the meeting with Burt Reynolds, like, did he ever, me. cause I heard he was notorious for slapping people on the face kind of firmly as a, like, yeah. a, Hey buddy boy, that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, the very first time we met, I mean, and he's, he was a football player, you know, he's yeah. a quarterback, right? So he's got these, his hands were bigger than my head. 
And the very first time we met, he walked over and he goes, and my buddy's like, Mark, uh, my buddy Mark is like, uh, Bert, I, this is uh, my friend Scott and Scott, this is Bert. And I was like, nice. And I put a hand out to shake his hand and he reached past my hand with both his hands. And he was just like, <laughs> and he had me like, like his hands around my face. And he, and, he, and he was with Lonnie Anderson at the time. So he like took my face in his hands. He was like, look at that face. And I was just looking at him and, he was, and he points me at Lonnie. He's like, is that a face? And she was like, that's fence. And, uh, but then I went home and he called, he, he called Mark and, and Mark called me and he was like, he wants to meet with you. It was trippy. And so, you know, I went and met with him uh, while he was doing evening shade on his lunch break. And half of me was, was like, yeah, this is what you're here to do. And this is, this is how somebody who's doing this work would respond to you because this is what you're supposed to be doing here. And another half of me was like, that's Burt Reynolds. You were a cannibal run. I fucking love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It was it's a trippy thing. I've had a lot of a lot of moments like that. Um but mine was what when I said when I met Grohl. I was like, hey man, good to meet you. But inside I was like, fucking hey, Dave Grohl. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I met the first I met uh I had uh, did a play in Williamstown and met uh Do you miss live theater theater? I answer that afterwards. Tell me this after. Yeah, I just want to ask you so I don't forget. For sure. Okay. Uh so so Paul Newman. Yeah, yeah. Did I never tell you this? Yeah, what? Paul Newman. Paul New so Paul Newman and his and his uh, wife Joanne Woodward, huge benefactors of the theater. Obviously, huge uh, uh, theater people. And so they were regulars at at the Williamstown Theater Festival, where I where I worked a few summers. Yeah, and thank God, thank God, someone took mercy on me and didn't tell me that they were there the night. They were there. Yeah, but I was like in the changing room afterwards, and. Um, Someone tapped me on the shoulder and they were like, um, <laughs> they're like, the, the Lord God is at the door. <laughs> right? They're like, Paul Newman's at the door. He just want, would love to say a quick hello. And I was just like, <laughs> and so I had to like check that part of myself that was just going to collapse. And I don't know, drool. And, and I put on maybe my maybe give your first blow job. And well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe the only one I would enjoy. <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> um, so, so I, yeah, somehow I spoke to him. I couldn't tell you any, a word I said, but, but I walked away. I did. I, I had one moment where I was like, it's not an amazing. I was like, tried to say it's an honor to meet you. And it yeah, didn't, but it didn't come out very well. No. And, uh, but you know, you, I bet you guys like that are kind of used to, they know who the fuck they are. Do you know what I mean? And he even like right away headed me off at that pass. It was like, gave me like a, nah, you know, like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> that kind of like, bah. like, hey, don't worry don't about it. Do, don't do the big me. I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, let's skip that and go to just me person, you person. And I was like, great. Like love. He was so humble and kind and generous and, and, uh, I met him one other time and thankfully was able to like, you know, put words together the second time. I had heard that about him though. You know, we, obviously when you're in LA for long enough, you hear stories about people and the, and everything you ever heard about Paul Newman was just a genuinely nice man who yeah. said hello to everybody, shook everyone's hand, did not nope. want to be treated special. Nope. Like that nope. is. And he did say something he was quoted once. And if you, 
if you tried to take it the wrong way, you could take it the wrong way. But if you really understand what he was saying, he basically was like, I meet two kinds of people in the world, people who are kind of awestruck at meeting me and people who are pretending they're not. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the truth of his experience. And, 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 um, you know, I felt like I fell somewhere. I was sort of both all at yeah. once. <laughs> yeah. We, I think we all, we all would have been, you know, there's those, there are those people for us. Yeah. See, for you telling me I met Paul Newman, that you might as well say I had lunch with Paul Bunyan. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, okay. That's the type of, like, to me, yes, he is yeah. almost like a mythological. For sure. For you, sure. Yeah. And, 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 um, is that your yeah. biggest one? Would you say for you, that, yeah. like, as far as meeting somebody that gave you the most kind of feeling? Gosh. Um, you know, I met, uh, you know, I've only met a single president, but it was Gerald Ford at like a charity dinner. And they sat me next to him because me and Jerry had like so much in common. I'm sure you guys had a lot to talk yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did you talk about with Gerald Ford? Well, it was later on in his life. And so he was, he. Uh, oh, you were like, do you need me to wipe your lip? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Scott, you're here. Can you just make sure his bib works? Yeah, I, I'll take I fed him soup, which is. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go with the hand under you. <laughs> um, yeah. no, he was he was he was lovely and generous too. I didn't, you know we didn't speak all that much, but no, um, just because he was a president, that was a yeah. thing. But yeah, no, in terms of like just bringing me up short, like how do I even speak to this human being? Paul Newman was probably the biggest one, but um, yeah, there there have been others. I mean, you know. You know, Grohl would I, I would get that with a lot of musicians. Some yeah, athletes, athletes uh, and musicians. It is for me more than actors or comedians. Yeah, athletes and musicians more, more than more than comedians for you. You know, I yeah because the there's no secret. There's no you can't lift up the curtain for me. Right. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like there's yeah. nothing. There's no mystery to what they do. I can sure. admire like I admire Chappelle and all these guys. Yeah. Um, but they, they're not so far removed. Like I could just go down to the club and say hello to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. And so for me, when I'm watching people do things that I know that I can't like an, an athlete doing like in my brain, superhuman type stuff. Yeah. That's a little different for me, you know? Yeah. I, the other one for me, which was like, and I wound up getting to be around him for a second and have like an experience with him. Cause we, I played in a charity event, uh, was, uh, <laughs> The, you know, another on my Mount Rushmore, my Mount Rushmore isn't just one kind of person. It's, yeah. uh, um, was this a hockey? We, cause you I play hockey. hockey. I play hockey. It's Bobby. Yeah. yeah, right. yeah. Oh but yeah. Had, dude. Dude. Bobby or and Gretzky both and, and, and have had kind of a trippy experience with either of them. But, but when I met Bobby Orr, I had that same Paul Newman thing of like, I'm not, and he gave me the same, like, ah, like, yeah. ah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. I just, you know, it's like, it's like this immediate, like, no, no, no. Like we don't have to do the, like, uh, do you, when, when you were doing party of five though, and by yeah. the way, party of five dude was for those people who are too young watching, yeah. I don't know that we live in a time where there will be, well, shows will have that type of, do you know what I mean? Like effect on an entire, because there's a thousand channels and a thousand yeah. things to watch. And right. Um, there were a couple of things that I just, I want to ask you a question, but for, before, before I do, I want to say, I was always really impressed dude with, um, because that was quite a whirlwind. 
Yeah. And, and I caught a tiny bit of feeling that like when during Chelsea, there was a point in time where it was like crazy. Yeah. But nothing like it was for, I imagine what it was like for you. What was that like, man, to all of a sudden be like, hey, nobody knows who I am. Everybody knows who I am. <laughs> yeah. It was, I mean, it was trippy. I feel like, I mean, look. You handled it well, though, dude. You really did. I, you know, I felt like you never really lost a sense of who you were. And a lot of that, I think, is because you always had brothers and cousins. Yes. I was just having you and the rest of the crew around was, um, was everything, was the whole thing. Because, you know, I don't think it's in my nature to have gotten sort of carried away or become someone I'm not. Um, but I knew that I didn't even if I if it was anywhere in there, it was go, not going to have room to breathe. It had been shot down. <laughs> yeah, no, that couldn't survive. I was yeah. I was not going to. I couldn't survive a night of doing that shit around you guys. Do you remember what what do you guys used to call him? Hollywood Mike or L.A. Mike or that yeah, one? Yeah, dude? yeah. I remember I he was Hollywood Mike. Hollywood yeah. Mike. I remember he came around one time, and this is the kind of basically, especially with guys like Jonathan and myself, who were just going to be like, hey. I don't like you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like Jonathan is not a person who's gonna. No, he's not a mincer of words. He's not. Or no. a sufferer of fools. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's not. Yeah. yeah, and I think that really actually helped all of us mm -hmm. kind of kind of stay grounded. But yeah. so, so, what was it like for you, man? What was it like to go from that to that? Well, the, the thing that I've always said, and I, and it. The first thing that comes to my mind, because it feels like the most real part of my experience, which is that I was thankfully by that time really so focused on the work. I just mm -hmm. was so excited about being an actor and having this character to play in this show. Like the whole, the, my day job was so full and exciting to me and valuable to me. Like I felt like we were doing something that, that mattered in some way. And so the rest of it, the people, you know, recognizing you or the photo shoots or the, you know, whatever, meeting certain types of people, those, those ex all those experiences that were peripheral that everyone thinks about when they think about the famous person, they don't think about them like in a studio writing a song or on a set making a scene. Uh, they, they think about them, you know, in front of cameras and right, right, right. swarmed by people. And to me, that stuff was just peripheral. It just was all the trimmings of the thing that I was here to do. And thankfully, because my focus was always, in my view, on the the thing that actually meant something, you know, and was sustainable. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you start biting off that other stuff as as your main source of nourishment. And just there's there's gonna be problems because that, you know, that reveals itself to not hold sustainable things and, and you know, counting on it for that, that. That's how people start to really get into trouble in their lives, I think. It also leads you down a false path. Yeah. For, These oh, are not real things. These are not real. It's like I tell people when they're, when I hear people say the, the Twitter, Twitter, I'm like, it's not real. And yeah. that other stuff that you're talking about isn't real either. The no, work it, was real. Your family was real. Like right. you, you, it's um and though when you realize that kind of stuff and that the other stuff really isn't important yeah and you put it where it's supposed to be i feel like you're down a better road no question and i and what i was grateful for at the time was that by the time i had gotten to that place where all this other stuff was coming at me i had really discovered what this work meant to me 
mm-hmm. um, the value it held in my life, what I, how, how important I thought it was, how excited I was about it. And so it had my full attention. And so then all this other stuff was just, you know, I mean, look, some of it is, is some of it was super fun. I've never yeah. been a person who is like, you know, don't talk to me at airports. Like I like people. I like, you know, I, I've been very lucky. I was listening to some podcast um, today with um, Ava DuVernay, the director, and she she said something that really resonated with me, which was like, you didn't think we'd be talking about Ava DuVernay on, the, on your podcast. I was hoping we would. Yeah, we are. So here's it. Here's your moment. Uh, she's incredible. Yeah. But she said something about how grateful she feels because, you know, so many people come up to her now and they they're smiling because they're like experiencing some portion of their of her work and what it's meant to them and how they're not now maybe going to get a chance to share with her that that thing. And so that that's such a gift to me. I mean, I feel like, man, that that's that is the can I tell you something? I'm going to tell you a story about a guy we both know, and I'm not going to tell you his name. I'm just going to tell you we were in Hawaii at the time. Okay. And I was doing uh, I was doing a gig there, and he was filming a show there. Mm-hmm. And um, we were at the bar after my show. And some <laughs> for, those you, for those of you who have lived in caves for the last 19 years, you don't know who we're talking about. Yeah. Everyone, else, everyone else is like, got it. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody comes up and says, um, Hey, to this guy said, first says to me out of politeness, Hey, good show. Hey, right. Yeah. Can I get a picture with you? And he goes, no. And the guy was like, no, he was like, I just want a quick one. I want to talk. He goes, no, dude. He goes, fucking beat it. I'm not at work. These are quotes. Mm -hmm. And I asked him, I go, what's the deal, man? He goes, no, I'm not at work. He said, if I was on a red carpet, that's fine. You can talk to me, but I'm clocked out. And I was like, Hey, you got the wrong. And what I said was, I go, that attitude is not going to keep you around for very long, man. It just isn't. And I, I just don't understand. Like I'm with you. If I know what I do, if my dick jokes are bringing joy to somebody and they want to tell me that how fucking humbling is it? It's so humbling to know that you have a positive effect on somebody's life. Like, and to not want to receive that mm-hmm. and to tell them thank you yeah. is so mind-blowing to me, dude. I just don't understand where it comes from, you know? I don't either. And I, I get that there are people who are less comfortable, you yep. know, in social, yep. social circumstances, right? Less, less whatever. They're introverts. But that's not rude, though. No, no. And, there's, and, I, and I think that while I, I do think that there are lines to be drawn with this idea of, you know, a lot of this stuff with infringement upon people's privacy and, you know, paparazzi and all this kind of stuff where it's like, oh, well, they signed off for that. There's, there's conversations to be had there, but just this idea of like, I had an experience back in the day and I'll, 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 you know what? I'm going to throw his ass right under the bus on your podcast, Josh. No, let me take my pants off. No, go ahead. I don't even know what his situation is. I don't even know if he's, to be honest, I don't know if he's living or dead. I'm assuming he's living because I haven't heard that he died. <laughs> there was a musician when I was, because I keep, I keep posting. I that is, by the way, that's how you assume people are alive. You just didn't hear they died. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't hear he's, he's definitely alive because I didn't hear either. <laughs> it's this guy. Uh, so, you know who it is? It's Joe Jackson. You know Joe Jackson? You talking about the singer? Yeah. 
I love Joe Jackson. Yeah. Like, I loved, and back in the day, like I was a huge fan. Me too, so, man. Party of Five gets picked up. We, we, I go to New York for the upfronts, which is like where they're going to announce that it's a show. So I haven't done boo yet. Like I've, I've still, you know, best known for my Aquafresh commercial. Oh, I remember <laughs> which, it. Which, yeah, was killer. Yeah. I mean, was that the one going down the water slide? Yeah, baby. Yeah, man. You'll never forget it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, Meanwhile, that's a whole other funny story about because we were on a water slide in January. Yeah. And they had to open the thing for us and it was all concrete. There wasn't enough water. The girl was getting the shit scraped out of her every time we went down. So it was like, it makes you feel this fresh. It was like, hold on, you know, and we had to like survive a water slide to get back up and do five seconds in front of the camera again, like, and makes you feel like I was like, I got you, I got you. <laughs> oh, the off camera of that Aquafresh commercial would make like a decent, like, uh, you know, scene. And, uh, yeah, it would be yeah. a great sketch. But so, um, so I go to New York and uh, I'm picking, I have to get a suit because I don't even own a nice enough suit to do these upfronts for. And so I go to this nice store in New York and I'm, and I'm, I'm in this little upstairs area, no one around. It's just the, this guy or a woman showing me around. And, and uh, it's like a room, I don't know, the size of the, I don't know, it's like a 10 by 10. It's really small. And there's just nice suits in it. And I look over and there's one other guy in the room okay. and looking at suits. And he's, I see him from behind and I'm like, sort of like have a first moment of like, oh, is, that's all I know. And then I look again and he's like looking at suits and he kind of like maybe like glances back and I'm like, oh shit, I'm like, that's Joe Jackson. And I was like, oh, I was like, I hadn't met a lot of people at that point, right? And so I was like, um, I was like, I mean, should I say something? And I was like, well, there's no one around. Like if this, if you're ever gonna say something to somebody and want to be, you know, gracious and and not be infringing upon their privacy, now it's the time. Not, it's yeah. me and you. Uh, and so I lean over, I go, I go, excuse me. And he kind of looks at, looks at me and I go, are you, ja I go, are you Joe Jackson? And he goes, not today. Hey. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't get it at first. Yeah. Right? But then when you walked like, out, you were like, oh, yeah, because I, I was like, oh, wait, is that not Joe Jackson? But he's like, gets that a lot. And yeah. then I was like, oh, you're Joe you know, Jackson, but you're not going to be for me right now, even though we're alone. Exactly. You could just like say, be gracious. I'm a fan. I'm one guy in this little. That clearly <laughs> stayed with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> but that that it was it was it was helpful to have this jarring example of what it feels like yeah on the other end when you're the person who just wants to maybe say i didn't you what i wasn't gonna ask him to come to my bar mitzvah oh like, he might have though I, but if, are you there that i lose you um, but i said i said you know uh I, and so i just kind of let that alone and off he went. But uh, I, I sort of, I think, said in my the back of my mind at that point, like, I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to make somebody feel like that. Yeah, man. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. And here's another thing. Like, it takes so little in your position. 
to yeah. really make su such little effort to make somebody feel so much exponentially better than how much effort you have to put in as the celebrity. Do you know what I mean? The massive so, like, really to not do that and and push that out in the world yeah. seems so crazy to me. One of the only times I ever felt like I almost didn't have a choice was we came and visited you in Seattle and we had to do a party at five oh. feet. Dude, you don't think I remember that weekend? Do you remember the the headline in the in the paper? Party of drunks. Party of drunks. <laughs> that was. They did a head. They did an article of about these dudes because they. Do you remember Gary in that bar? <laughs> you remember throwing? <laughs> remember him throwing up in the bar and then looking up. And being like, I'm getting another drink. And I was like, what is <laughs> happening right now? <laughs> that was quite a weekend. Oh, dude. But so the day after the big night, we were at like the, was it the fish market? Is that, yep. that where they're like throwing fish around yep. and stuff? And we were there. We must have been at least in the second, maybe third season of the show. Like things were going pretty well. People knew about us. And I, we were walking through that market and I had shades on. And I was, I mean, yeah. Still drunk, really. Yeah. You know, I just was in bad condition, and I was like, "Which, you know, you got to ask yourself, like, well, what are you doing at the fish market? Like, it could be someplace else." Yeah. So I think it was going to be our only chance to see that place, which I wanted to see. So I'm like, kind of like sucking energy in, like, please, 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 let me just walk through this place and see a fish get tossed and get the hell out of here. And I get a tap on the shoulder, and it's some guy, and he's like, "Hey," and he says something. And I gave him the Joe Jackson treatment. I did it. I was you know like, what? I would say this also. Everybody deserves to be human. Sure. Everybody. Now, Scott, let me ask you something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know there are a lot of people. Would you be willing to take a question from one of the people on this oh. show? So if you have a question for Scott and you, and I can see you, you know the people, raise your hand and I will put you on the screen. Oh, wow. Um, and and um, at I do want to say this. Okay. The technology to put someone on. Oh yeah, watch this. So who, who wants to raise their hand and ask a question? All right, Ray Ray. Watch that. Look at that, Scott. Hi. 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 My God. Hi. Good. How are you? Good. It's what do you got for Scott today, Ray Ray? What was it like working with Shirley MacLaine and Juliette Lewis? That's oh. my favorite movie. The evening oh, song. Ray Ray, thank you for asking that. That, that is was, a great question. It was an amazing question. Yeah. Uh, another. You know, you asked earlier, who have I been kind of starstruck by? Uh, Shirley MacLaine. Oh. Yes. And Juliette Lewis at the time. Shirley um, MacLaine just as a human, actually. As a human. Yeah. As, I mean, her, yeah, a legend. A legend. Yes. And to get to be in a scene with her. What was her presence like, dude? Um, she seems like, like, I know this is going to be a terrible comparison, but somebody who seems so, people who are so secure and confident in who they are. Mm-hmm. Are, are like intimidating to be around in a way. Yeah, but she was really, really warm and really, really uh, funny. She had she has got a ridiculously great sense of humor. And um, matter of fact, we did a scene where I was, you know, she walks in on Juliet and I uh, in, in bed. And I like jump out and I'm just standing there naked with a teddy bear. Over I remember that. Right, garage. And so we did one take and the director was like, do one without anything under the teddy bear on her coverage. Right. 
And so, I mean, and to have the opportunity to like catch, you know, Shirley McLean off guard for a take like that. To go um, dick out in front of Shirley McLean. You don't get yeah. to do that too often. And she laughed hard. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you were like, wait a second. It's not that, it's not that funny. I it's- mean, uh, who was really. Uh, what if she had after, what if after she saw you naked from then on, she called you Scotty. <laughs> What if after that time, every time she was like, make sure Scott drinks his milk. He needs more milk. Make sure Scott drinks milk. But this no, she, was, she was, yeah, she was amazing. She was amazing. And, and uh, yeah, a cool, a cool film to be a part of. Now I, I want, unfortunately I have to wrap this up soon, but will you do this again? Because there's so many things I want to talk to you about. Yeah, of course, dude. Um, and I do, I want to get into our vacation in Cabo, which was one of my favorite four days of my life, dude. Yeah, dude. The, but the there, voice of God. <laughs> oh my God. But there is something I want to say to you that yeah. I've, I I have never said to you. And I think it's really important. And I'm at a point in my life, man, where I'm, I'm really changing as a human. I mm. really feel more grounded and um, present than I think I ever have. That's awesome. And um, I'm saying things to people that I that I probably should have said years ago, but I, I feel like, and I know you're going to say you don't owe me this, but I feel like I owe you an apology. I, you know, when I was in the luxury apartments, man. Are you going to make me cry on your podcast? I am so close to crying right now. I'm not going to. Okay. But when I was in the luxury apartments, man, you know, I had a lot of, and for those of you guys that know, I was, the luxury apartments is what the name of where I lived when I was single raising the three kids and making $1,100 a month, basically. I, I was angry at you for no reason. And I don't know if you felt it or if you could feel it, but I, it was more me being angry with myself and where I was. And, um, I don't know why I chose you out of all of the brothers and cousins. And I don't know why I placed expectations on you that I didn't place on anybody else, Hmm. but it was unfair, man. And you were always such a good dude to me and my kids. And, um, I, I have beat myself up about it for, for many years. I did. I felt really bad. And I just want you to know, dude, like, I think you're just a, I mean, I love you as a cousin, but I just think you're a great human. I, I feel bad that I did that. I know I made some things uncomfortable with you and I in the past. Um, and that was all me. It really had nothing to do with you. And so I just wanted to make sure you knew that, dude. It was it's important for me that you know that. I love you. I appreciate that. And I do know that. And and uh, you know, I mean, I feel like and I, I think I voiced this to you at times that there was um, you know, it it wasn't always I asked myself if I did do all the things I could do, if I did support you in all the ways I could, you know, I think I I, I carried with me, I, th- I think I felt some of this stuff between us and I, and I just always asked myself, like, what part of that, you know, do I, uh, was me, what part of that was, is my responsibility, was my responsibility. And at the end of the day, I mean, I, we know who we, we, each other are as people. Uh, I, I love you as much as I could. I appreciate you saying that. And I, and I, um, it means the world to me that you say that to me. And, um, uh, you know, that's not to say if we, if we snapped our fingers and we're back in that situation, you know, maybe there would be things that 
I'd, I'd pay attention to differently or talk about differently or, but or it wasn't your job, dude. That was the whole thing. The whole thing is that I was, I was making myself a victim and I was expecting other people to behave certain ways around me to make me feel better. That's not their job. Their job is to live their lives. Yeah. But you yeah. were also busting your ass and, and, and showing up in a way that, uh, not a lot of people do not enough people do. And I always admired whatever it was you were feeling or experiencing. I mean, you, you, the way you showed up for your kids and, and in your life is always something that I've admired greatly. And I think, you know, um, but, uh, I love, well, I appreciate you. that. Dude. I love you too, Scotty. And listen, um, you're going to be here soon, huh? Yeah, brother. I and know. we're, you're going to hop on stage. You're going to do that show with me. I know you I are. I think I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, oh wait, Gary's going to be here too. Oh yeah. Wait a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, the three of us should write something together. For sure. A hundred percent. Um, all right, listen, man, I really want to make sure you come back on. This was a ton of fun. I have so many other things to talk about. There were so many questions in the uh, chat that I didn't we'll get do it again. to. Do it again. We'll do, we'll do it again, man. And listen, I love you. And I'm so, by the way, dude, I just want to remind you of something. You've been working in this business since 1994. Do you know how many people can say that? I want to tell you something, dude. You are in the 1% of people who have ever done your job. Yeah. Is that crazy? It is crazy. I know. I feel lucky. I feel lucky to keep, you know, to still be at it after all these years. And just don't get ugly, you know? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> then it's, it's not, it's going to be. It's a, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just. Yeah. Then the business will start treating me like Joe Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Not today. No, not today. I'm Scott Wolf. Not today. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. I love you. Um, and I'll see you soon, but we'll talk sooner. I can't wait. All right, brother. Later. See you guys. I, I'm sorry. I got to run. Um, just one of the best guys. Just one of the best guys I've ever met. You know, the, he, the love he pours into his family into the people that he's committed to is just crazy. So we're going to do it again. Uh, I have to run guys. I'm sorry. I have to pitch something right now, uh, but we'll do this again. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't get to everybody down below, uh, but I just got caught up talking to Scott and that was enough for me today, you know, but I love you guys and thank you for listening and watching. Tell me something good. And, and we'll do another one this week. Um, and Steph and Linda and Ray Ray and Katrina and Kat and Jen and Ty and Sean love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, and we'll see you next time on Tell Me Something Good. Later, everybody.